Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Up first on the show, though, a one-on-one with Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry. Her understandably busy schedule saw a need to connect mere minutes ago. Uh, We've turned this around as fast as humanly possible. So here's the conversation I just had uh, featuring many of your questions. Have a listen. First of all, thank you so much, Dr. Henry, for joining us. Good morning. I asked our CKNW listeners for their number one question for you, and the overwhelming response was actually not a question. And they want to thank you for your leadership. Oh, really? That's very kind. Thank you. And I had to definitely put that forward because it was an overwhelming majority who wanted that to be the very first thing we covered. The second, however, is a little bit more contentious. And I know you've been referencing this uh, for the last number of days, certainly specifically. Most are really concerned about air travel and also the U.S. border. They're feeling nervous about our success here in B.C. being at risk. You know, I think we're all a little bit nervous. It's been a very challenging few months, and we've done a great job. And we, 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 you know, all of us in BC have put our hearts into this. So the thought that somebody may not understand that and may put mm. that at risk is is anxiety provoking for all of us. But I do think you know we need to put it in perspective. There are restrictions on the border, and we need to uh, ensure that people are who are here are doing the things that we're doing. But I also want to say that, you know, now that we're starting to travel more within B.C., even people in B.C. and the rest of Canada who are coming here, we need to to take this to heart as well. Um, We're starting to see some increased transmission in in the interior, for example, some host parties where people are getting together, and, and that's fine. But you need to keep it small, and you need to make sure that you know how to contact people so that we don't get these transmission chains um, that we can't stop. And when you say we can gather, should we always gather outside while we have the opportunity to do so? You know what? We we do know that this virus doesn't transmit nearly as easily outside as inside. So yeah, especially with the weather that we're having, now's the time to, to have those gatherings outside. But again, it is important to keep it small because even mm. outside, we know that if you're having a prolonged conversation in close with somebody, that's how this virus can be transmitted. And we've seen that happen, unfortunately, in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, where people who have really mild illness or may not realize that they have it are having the even outside parties or a mixture of inside and outside and meeting people and you know it's our nature we want to do that especially young people it's an important thing to do but we need to make sure we know who we're who we're partying with so that if something comes up we're able to warn people quickly in watching your briefings dr bonnie henry uh, we see you and hear you speaking about young people and how they really need to know their part of this solution and how not knowing who you might be partying with can be a real risk when it comes to that all-important contact tracing. 
Absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons why we're talking about making sure we keep our numbers small is so that we can find that balance where we're minimizing that transmission. You know, it it goes back to what we know about this virus from the very beginning. Once there's no treatment, there's no vaccine. So once you've been exposed, um, there's nothing we can do that will prevent you from getting sick if you've been exposed to enough virus. But what we can do is stop you from transmitting it to others. And none of us wants to transmit it because we're going to pass it on to the people we're closest to. So it's really important um, when you're having these gatherings, especially now, and we need to we need to have that social connection after being cooped up for this while, to, to take that responsibility for yourself. Make sure that if you're not feeling well at all, that you stay away from that one. There'll be another opportunity and that you know the people that you're with or at least have some ability to to connect with them, to contact them if something comes up. And that's what we've seen happen in Kelowna very recently. You know, people were just having a good time and and that's fine, but we need to be able to connect with those people um, when when a case comes up. And that's how we all protect each other and our community. Now, what kind of advice can you give to our listener and to me uh, when we come in contact with those who are maybe frustrated with limitations of health directives and and maybe think we're out of the woods or these directives are overblown? Some people think it's a hoax. What? How do we address that with kindness and calmness? Well, that's exactly it. You know what? Probably the best thing is not to engage in those conversations. It's like some of the other ones that we have in our lives where it's best to say, you know what, we may need to agree to disagree. But for me, it's important that you keep your distance or that you cover your mouth or that when we go into a a place, uh, you know, for taking transit, I'm going to wear a mask because it's important as a show of respect for my community and the things that I'm doing. I think we can model that behavior, and most people will be uh, will come along with that. And it, it is a challenging time, and I think we just need to look at what's happening all around us to understand that this is very real. Um, and particularly, we look at our, our friends and neighbors and colleagues to the south. Um, and the impact it's having, not just on on people's health and now hospitals and, and people are dying from it, but it also sets back our economy and our ability to have our social connections as well. So it's very important for us to, to keep keep doing what we're doing because it is working and we're caring for each other by doing that. And I feel like we should reiterate what we are doing that is working, the wash hands, the avoid crowds, the mask when you can't have physical distancing, Uh, these simple um, directives that British Columbians seem to be doing en masse that has made us successful. Can you tie in what we've been doing right to the serology study that we got the results of uh, in the last couple of days? Yeah, so this is a study that uh, we've had planned since the very beginning. We were kind of hoping, you know, maybe we could stop this virus and we wouldn't have to do it, but um, b- but we had planned ahead for it. So uh, what it tells us is that less than 1% of people in BC have been infected with this virus. And that's good news. It means that the things that we did and are doing make a difference. And that, that saves lives. We know that um, a percentage of people are going to end up in hospital and people are going to die from this. And being able to, to suppress that transmission means that we're protecting the people that we are closest to and care about most. So that's 
uh, amazingly good news for us. It also means that most of us are still susceptible to this virus. So we need to, to find that balance and keep doing what we're doing to keep each other safe. And when it comes to the antibody test, when will there be a window or when will we be able to access those tests as individuals? Yeah, so so we are still learning about what antibodies mean. Does it mean that we're going to be protected from reinfection? Does it mean that protection will last for a long time? Those are some of the questions that this study was not designed to answer. It was really designed to help us understand what happened in the last few months um, and that snapshot of how many people were infected. So we are still learning from other studies um, how much antibody you need to have to be protected, whether it keeps you safe for a long period of time or not. So what we also know is because so few of us have been infected, it's probably not helpful to have widespread antibody testing at this point. What we're going to do is look at targeting specific groups to see who's been impacted most. So we'll be looking at um, essential workers, people who have been working during this period of time. We'll be looking at healthcare workers. Um, and that's where we can get the most information about uh, what the antibody tests tell us. Uh, we're going to hear something from Premier John Horgan and Education Minister uh, Rob Fleming today about getting back to school. Uh, everybody agrees that you will be at the heart of this and and making sure that schools are as safe as possible, and it will be reflected in how kids attend class this fall. Can you give us an idea of what the sort of benchmarks are for kids getting back to school um, in class uh, come the fall? Yeah, so we've been working, uh, of course, from the very beginning to make sure that we can support the educational and social development needs of all kids. And that is incredibly important to me. You know, from the work that I've done for many years on um, preparing for pandemics, we know that kids being out of school differentially affects some of them more than others. So our goal for for the fall is um, all kids back in school full-time. Having said that, we've learned a lot from how we can do that safely from the months that we were open in June. And so uh, Minister Fleming has a a team together that includes uh, the the unions, includes parent representatives, uh, school districts, so that we can put all that together and tailor their approach to each school district and the needs. But the, the overall goal is to, to, we're planning to have all kids back full time, but we're also doing contingency plans, um, depending on what happens in, in different communities and across the province with, uh, with the virus. So it's how do we, how do we get those important learning situ- um, uh, established again, um, from all kids as best we can while dealing with COVID? I know you have to run, but I want one more question, if you don't mind. Your history with uh, epidemics, you just referenced right there, polio in Pakistan, Ebola in Africa, SARS in Toronto. I lived there at the time and remember you. So how does one aspire to follow in your scientific footsteps? I don't know. I think we're all a product of our own experiences. But I think, you know, it, it's more um, finding something that you're passionate about and interested in and being able to to uh, um, just follow that passion. Follow your passion. Follow your, follow your science. How do you stay calm <laughs> in all of these scenarios and, and run headlong into these with seemingly unwavering 
I don't know, strength of character? You know what? Um, I don't know. This is something that uh, that has been said to me for a long time. That you know, I can stay calm in a crisis. That's probably my my superpower. Um, it is. It, it's it comes from um, just realizing that that is the way that we best support each other. That if we come from a position of okay, what do we know? What do we not know? We give people the information about what we need them to do. We tell them why, and we give people we are transparent with the numbers and what why we are doing what we're doing and how we're going to change if things change and then most people will do what we need them to do and and that's something that I've learned in in being involved with these uh, uh crises of many different types of crises over the years and and that's what we need to continue to do we can do this together and the only way that we're going to minimize the impact of both the, the you know the medical issues but the the social trauma that we're all going through with with something like this that is spread all around the world is to do it together and recognize that we're in it for each other. We will get through this together. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much.